Hi, and welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Howard Drew Karsh. I've been a successful realtor in Canada's largest market, Toronto, for over 30 years. And in the latter part of my career, I co-founded Canada's largest independent brokerage, Right at Home Realty, with a roster of over 5,800 agents and growing. In 2020, I retired to start this podcast, and it's been a remarkable opportunity to meet highly successful and fascinating guests in real estate and in related industries. Today, our guest is Eric Bryant. Now, I'm going to do a, a, an introduction based on reading his bio because it's quite a, quite a fascinating bio. And once we get into what Eric does and the effect it will have on the Canadian Real Estate, uh, Canadian Real Estate Association and Canadian real estate agents, I think you'll find it fascinating. So Eric is the Director of Operations at Open, O-P-E-N-N, North America. Um, we'll talk a bit about what, what that's all about in a few minutes. Uh, he also is the Southern California Regional Chair for uh, FIBRI, which is the Foundation for International Blockchain and Real Estate Experience, uh, an organization dedicated to empowering the real estate industry through the education of distributed letter, uh, ledger technology. So without a doubt, Eric is very technological, has had a, a career in that field uh, in many ways. He's had his own radio show as well. So we're delighted to have Eric here. And Eric, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Howard. I, I only hope I can do it justice since your, you know, your experience and knowledge is world, world renowned. We, we've heard about it all across Southern California. And I, I just hope that, you know, in this show, I can just be one tenth of what the great Howard Drew Karsh is. Is there any way it could be more flattering? No, I can't. I'm <laughs> okay. just about as good as it gets right now. And by the way, um, before we started today, I asked Eric, because a lot of our guests are from the U.S., different parts of the U.S., and I asked him what part of the U.S. he's in, and he's in one of the most glorious parts of the U.S., which is Newport Beach, and good, good for you for being there. Yeah, good, good on you, as they say yeah. in Australia. So I'm going to go through some questions about uh, your background before we get into the other uh, parts of this. Um, so... Uh, running any business, uh, uh, whether it's your own or running a business um, like Open, uh, is mostly entrepreneurial. Uh, so were there entrepreneurs in your family? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, my father was uh, an entrepreneur. He had his, uh, his own automobile um, uh, dealership. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that we found with a lot of our guests, <clears throat> excuse me, that's how they get. That's how they get in mind that you know I want to run my own show. Like I want to live with the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and uh, it's very consistent with the people we've had on. So you, I mean, from watching your father run a, and that's not an easy business either. What you know, run that business. Uh, you know what you're getting into when you're you know ahead of a company, right? Yeah, basically you're a little nuts. Uh, that that kind of covers it very nicely. A little <laughs> okay. off center. Right. But, you know, if you, if you like that lifestyle, I mean, I, I left, you know, uh, being an agent to start a company and we were considered um, a company that would never survive. And because uh, we had a different business model, we we're also a disruptor. Um, and the big reward, uh, other than it's a successful company, is historical correctness. In other words, we did survive. <laughs> so I think you get it. Um, and, and I don't know when you started in real estate, but before you did, what, what were you doing career wise? Um, well, actually, I think I started in real estate before I did anything, but it was only to get a uh, license mm -hmm. uh, a little over 30 years ago. I went to I went to work for a 
uh, real estate company called Wallace Anderson. Mm -hmm. So those of us who have been in the business 30 or more years remember that brand. Mm -hmm. uh, it was much like Better Homes and Gardens uh, as far as the brand was concerned. Mm -hmm. But I did that because I wanted to sell my own home and I thought that I needed a license to do so. Uh -huh. So I went through the process of getting a license and then found out during that process, you don't need a license to sell your own home in the United States or buy uh, on, you can represent yourself. You just can't represent others. So before I did anything, I did that. But prior to the uh, becoming a technical coach uh, or a technology coach, I was part of the uh, Pacific Bell sales team uh, before they were purchased by AT&T. So I would sell uh, equipment like uh, telephone systems and routers and uh, things of that nature. So I've always kind of been in and around technology. Well, that and, and obviously open with two ends, <laughs> because if people look it up, they won't find it with one end, uh, is is about as, um, I guess, at the at the forefront of technology as anything right now, right? I mean, what, what it'll... What it will do to the industry, and I don't know it as well as I should, but from today, we'll learn more about it. And uh, the fact the Canadian Real Estate Association has become a client tells me everything. I mean, th their due diligence must be really clear and, and high. Oh, it's been a great relationship with them since right right from the very beginning. And, and by the way, that beginning was not very long ago. I was I was hired to uh, uh, to bring open to North America in September of last year so. It was only nine or 10 months ago, and, and the process with CREA started very quickly after that. So, And when you say North America, where else is open? Uh, uh... It's uh, Currently, it's in Australia and New Zealand. I see. Been there for six years, and they went public on the Australian Stock Exchange, the ASX, in June of 2021, took that money from the IPO and financed the North American expansion. Mm. And that's when I came on board in September with the intention of bringing the product to the USA first and then into Canada. And as you know, fortune goes, uh, it went the other way. Hmm. So in this respect, you give a lot of credit to Canada and the Canadian Real Estate Association, Realtor.ca for jumping out in front and um, you know making it happen before the United States did. It's interesting. That is a reversal on the way a lot of business- Very much so. And particularly technology, right? But yeah, I guess, almost everything is is vetted in the U.S. and then brought to Canada. But right. for us, it's a, a little bit different. Oh, cool! Uh, uh, but you get paid in Canadian dollars. <laughs> no, that that we do not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have made it a real sad story. Twenty five percent less. <laughs> um, the pandemic has had an effect on everybody, including this business of real estate. Um, and as you were working through, like. Um, how did it affect your project and, and getting it going and off the ground? And like, has it had an effect or were you able to kind of work yeah, through it? It's actually had a very positive effect. Mm -hmm. um, the reason, the reason I say that is because during the pandemic, we, we understood that uh, moving towards an uh, electronic transaction or a transaction that takes place through technology and software, my granddaughter in the background. Okay. Um, if it happens through tech, through software, we're going to be better off with it. And so things like, you know, uh, Ron started and digital signing, you know, the, the DocuSign era started and we've had digitization of the transaction on the transaction management side. But what, what wasn't placed in the software to that point was offer and acceptance or negotiation. And so because of the acceleration 
of using the internet and, and software and your phone and tablet to complete the transaction process in real estate. Mm-hmm. We, when we introduced our product, it was widely accepted very quickly because we filled, if you can imagine a trivial pursuit game piece where you got to put the pie pie pieces in each section of the pie. Mm-hmm. Well, the pie had one piece missing and that was trans, excuse me, uh, offer management. And that's what we filled. So by doing that and creating that fully circular uh, uh, digital transaction, we were really widely accepted very quickly. So it benefited us greatly. Plus the plus the product was, was a proven product by the time it got to Canada, right? Exactly. So, we had six years under our belt in yeah. Australia to, to, you know, proof of concept, yeah. I guess you'd call it, or uh, MVP, where we were able to show the real value of the product. And what, what played out of that was, the consumer loves having uh, this type of experience during the process, and they really drive the uh, adoption. Uh, the The industry comes along. There's many, there's many uh, very forward-thinking people in the industry, but when it comes to technology as an industry, we tend to adopt it very slowly and very carefully. In this case, the consumer, once they got it, their hands on it, they just went crazy and really force the industry to, to get on board and get on board quickly. And that's when I was selling that, um, that was my experience with technology and consumers. Um, they led the way, like, in other words, if you're, if you're dealing with a younger demographic and all they want is to get texts and emails and don't want to call you, you better be very fluent with text and emails and not using your phone. Cause you, you've got to mirror your client, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Same with my kids. If I don't, <laughs> if, if I didn't know how to text and, and use technology, I'd never be able to talk to them. I'd I, never see pictures of my grandchildren in Texas if it wasn't for technology and FaceTime and Instagram. Sure. Yeah, my kids don't know why there's a phone on their smartphone. They just turn off the volume so that they don't, they're not disturbed by phone calls. <laughs> exactly. They don't use that at all. It's the text and the applications on it. I was thinking when we're talking about the introduction of Canada, um, one of our previous guests was Bob Goldberg, the chair of NAR. Uh, I'm Mr. sure Goldberg that, him well. Yeah, I'm sure that that's a, a, a pretty good connection for you as well. Um, that's wonderful. We, um, we actually, I mean, actually, I've known Bob for quite some time, but we were part of the um, uh, National Association of Realtors and Second Century Venture Reach Program, which is an incubator that's um, put on uh, and um, supplied by the National Association mm. of Realtors. We were both the Australian version and the Canadian version, which, by the way, coincided with how we connected with um, uh, Korea and Realtor.ca. They, they read the um, press release of our inclusion in the Canadian mm. REACH program and, and reached out to us to know more about our product. Again, very forward thinking. I give a lot of credit to Korea, Realtor.ca, and and the Canadian industry as a whole, they have really um, they've come to the table a big time when it comes to this product. They saw a need, uh, and they loved it. And it's interesting. I recall from the interview we did with with Bob that he's also very technological, right? This is, he is. this is, yeah, yeah. This isn't like uh, you know something he doesn't know. He knows it well, and and obviously no. he's helped bring the industry along because of that, right? He has. He has. Uh, you know and. Um, it's a testament to him and his time in, in, in office um, that we've had such, you know, uh, such forward movement on the technology sector. I and mean, he's got the emerging technology group with um, mm-hmm. uh, Dave and Dan, a couple of great guys that go out and really hunt down the technology and, and dissect it 
get that information out to the agents. So um, they're they're doing all the right things. That's for darn sure. Well, that's great. Um, in terms of technology, uh, setting aside open for your mm-hmm. business, what what are the main technology tools that you rely on? Setting aside the one that you're involved with. Um, well, I guess the ones that we partner with the most, which is really an important piece of what we do, we took a, a kind of a Switzerland approach to our our business and decided that we were going to play nice in the sandbox with other dig, um, you know uh, digital products. Uh, mostly because the brokers were very clear. I do not want to have to change my transaction management software or my showing software or any other software to accommodate offer management. That's just ridiculous and we don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So we said, no problem. We'll just stay in our lane. And so we play nice. So the the most important uh, technologies to us are probably transaction management because once the um, offer and acceptance portion is complete in our product, we need to be able to push it to the transaction management system seamlessly through an open API. So uh, that's very important. And the majority of our incoming data comes from uh, uh, technologies like showing services, because as you can imagine in the transaction, the consumer sees the the product, wants to go out and and view it personally. They do that through a showing service. While they're there, they want to make an offer. They can easily do that through us. So again, seamless transition from showing services to to us and it's anyone right it's it's any showing service it's any transaction management service so being able to um uh you know to to play nice in the sandbox was a huge part of what we wanted to do you know as you talk about technology the next question i wanted to ask you was how different is the market now from when you were first licensed but i think you know we're talking about (laughs) we're talking about it right away there was no technology 30 years ago, right? This is, you know what there was, there was this thing called the internet. Okay. And it was, it was in and of itself, um, a, uh, a, a life-changing technology that nobody believed in. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, there was still the book. Uh, oh so, yeah. I remember so the some books. Of, some of your viewers may be as old as I, and, and, and remember the book. Right. And I can tell you that my first experience with technology uh, was the internet and understanding what it was going to do and how it would transform the business and still having 80% of the business say, no, 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 the book, the book will be around forever. The book is is fantastic. We love the book. Um, and we all know where that book went. It's the same place, Barnes and Noble and Yellow Cab and all the other examples that were run over by technology. But I do remember that first thing we were talking about the internet and the dang book and how it, it was kind of, you were going to see properties online and be able to interact with them in a whole new way and see multiple pictures, not just one black and white photo of the front of the house. Oh no, the book, the book. So. And I think it's no different, you know, here in, in, in Canada when, you know, when, when, um, when agents had to learn how to use technology to create offers and you know, uh, satisfy the need of the consumer where they didn't they didn't want a presentation at their house. All they wanted to do was email the offer, and people were difficult. It was a difficulty adjusting to that for a lot of agents because that's what they'd done the majority of their career was meeting the uh, meeting the seller, uh, presenting the offer. You know, all of that. It's very rare. Change is hard. Change is hard yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard in this industry, and you know, I can I can go through all these. Basically, I was. I was hired by brands and brokerages and teams to help them integrate new technologies, put together a curriculum, teach their agents, 
and then you know I kind of moved on from there to the next to the next gig. But no matter what it was, it could have been a CRM, it could have been uh, social social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. um, IDX website, whatever it was, was really pulling teeth. I remember distinctly the first broker I worked for who had 15 offices in the California Central Valley, right? So we're not exactly a hotbed of technology between Stockton and Modesto. So, but we started to teach them and I was getting a 12% adoption rate from the agents using the technology. And I thought I'm going to get fired because 88% of the agents are are not adopting this technology. Only 12% are. And then the broker said, he gave me a bonus. And I said, what's the bonus for? He goes, because every other technology has had a 3% adoption. You just made it four times more. Uh, adoptable and adaptable through your through through your program yeah. and i thought to myself you got to be kidding yeah i i have 12 percent of the people using it 88 percent not and i'm considered um you know successful uh this this is a great business like it's a it's a good it, that was a good uh, lead into the question i i i'm curious about in in all of your business experience obviously mostly technology what, what would you say was your biggest success um, biggest success might have possibly been um, IDX websites. I mentioned them real briefly earlier. This was um, this was a technology that uh, it came very clunky. It wasn't smooth. Like, you look at things like social media; they were smooth. They were they were backed by multi billion dollar companies, um, uh, and there, it, there's something about it that was more intuitive. But this IDX website thing, it came out like Microsoft. It, it was very hard to understand. The manuals were this thick. Um, it was very clunky, a lot of error messages, difficult for people. And so what happens when you get into a situation where you get error messages, you just, you just quit and you give up. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it, the technology itself was so clunky and difficult to understand, it made a job like teaching it or getting people to adapt to it or use it. Very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. This also relates to your career um, because everybody's had challenges. What, what, what was your biggest (laughs) challenge and what did you learn from that challenge? Uh, Outside of raising three children on my own. um, Without, I don't think anything. That is the biggest challenge. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move it. Listen, you, you know, that one, everybody knows is the biggest challenge, even one child, let alone three. So what about in terms of, of your business experience where you go, well, I really learned that from that experience, this made a difference in my career. I would say um, understanding that in, in our industry, and in, in especially in the U.S., 20% of the professionals are doing 80% of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, when I started to understand that and I started to gravitate towards those 20%, it really changed the trajectory of uh, of my career because I was able to affect far more transactions with far fewer um, uh, clients on the books, which made it scalable. Um, and you know, obviously there was um, simple simplification of what I had to do. So the time the time savings that I had allowed me to go back and learn more. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was teaching people about technology, I had to be two years ahead of them, three years ahead of them and mm-hmm. learn the technology in that time frame. Then I could go out and teach it to them when it was part of their process. Same thing happened with blockchain. You talked about that earlier. I was, 
I, I saw blockchain as a as a game changer three and a half, four years ago. Hmm. Uh, so I had to go out and learn all about it before it became mainstream in, in the business. So you needed to streamline your processes in order to have that time to go out and study what's next. So in, in, and this is, you know, this is what I was uh, leading to when we first introduced you. The, the two, let's call it the two initiatives that, that you're involved in, to those that don't know, because it hasn't been, a, a, um, hasn't been exposed to a lot of people, um, the O-P-E-N-N, the open business, two ends. how will that affect, let's work with that one first, then we'll go to blockchain. How will that affect real estate agents? And we'll say Canada, because, you know, this is sort of the focus for tonight. And they're they're going to love it. It's it's fantastic, and I'm basing that on what when you see the testimonials and you hear the testimonials from the Australian agents, I don't think there's going to be a difference in in how people look at it to begin with. They they were very skeptical in Australia about whether or not this technology was going to work, and then it just took off. and And again, I think the consumer really kind of flan, uh, fanned that flame, but I think that the agents in in Canada are going to see a tool that's built on three core principles, transparency, equality, and efficiency. Hmm. Now, the first two are more for the consumer brought to them by the agent. And the third one is for the agent. The transparency issue is the one that it's on everybody's tongue, right? Right. Because the government is saying things about it. um, And the millennials are asking for it. Mm -hmm. It's important to know what's going on in the transaction. If you're going to make the most important decision of your life, get some information about it. That just goes without saying. It only... It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. The equality one is something that we're really proud of, that we're very proud of based on what came out of Australia. We realized that by placing this into software, software doesn't see race, creed, color, or sexual orientation. Software sees two things, terms and conditions and dollars. Mm-hmm. So although we can never eliminate bias from human beings, by placing it into software, we're allowing the um, fair application of all processes or the data will show it. So the data is a very important piece of this, right? Because not having it in software before didn't give us that data. We didn't have access to it. Now we do. So even if somebody has you know, nefarious things in their heart or in their mind mm-hmm. and they do the things that we ask them not to do and, be, and show those biases, the data will show that those biases occurred. Um, and so we're very proud of the fact that we're able to bring that to the to the industry. Thirdly, and most importantly to the agents, is the efficiency. Why should you have to worry about a, a FedEx here and a drop-off there and a PDF over here, and maybe your assistant gets um, a package from some other agent and brings it in over there? That's just inefficient. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the, the fact that we're able to place it into software is is super important and efficient. Besides that, 24-7, wolf <laughs> dog. Hey, hey, Shelby. Put him on camera. <laughs> don't put Shelby up. Yeah, okay. that's great. Um, but the fact that you're able to uh, put it in the palm of someone's hand, 24-7, 365, um, being able to access it from anywhere in, in the world, right? Right. You're changing the way that the transaction is going to be done and so easy and efficient. For the agents, I, I, I'm telling you, the Australian guys and gals love it, and I think that the Canadian uh, profession is going to absolutely adore it. So people will now, now that they understand sort of the the parameters and what it offers, people will wonder 
when will it be available in Canada? Do you have any kind of guess on that? <laughs> I thought I'd put you on the spot, well, Bob, because it's been, uh, I mean, uh, Eric has been going along so smoothly. That's okay. You called me Bob Goldberg. That's well, awesome. that's not bad. Wait till he hears that. Could be could worse. Be <laughs> um, we are in the midst of the integration. And as you can imagine, integrating with realtor.ca is um, a big, big job. For I sure. Mean, that is one seriously big website. Um, we hope to have integration set up by September run some transactions between September and the end of the year through it, and then have it ready for commercialization by the first of the year. So okay. it's my hope that by the, by 2023, um, we'll be running live transactions uh, through the process. And that by 2025, every um, listing on realtor.ca will have an open make an offer button wow. and the process will be ubiquitous to the, to the transaction. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. So let's move on because I, you know, I try to keep this to half an hour, as I told you, because on one hand, you got a dog. On the other hand, you got grandchildren. You know, <laughs> you don't want to spend the night talking to me. So Welcome to my life, Howard. Welcome <laughs> to my life. So let's talk about which, which our producer, Adam Price, is more interested because he understands us. Let's talk about blockchain and real estate. And I'm just going to let it go from there. It's, tell our entire audience right in one fell swoop right? that's it this could be the end of the podcast no but but you know this does fit in perfectly with the technology that you're you know that you're involved with because it's going to be the future but most people don't understand how and maybe you can you know kind of a uh, elaborate on how blockchain will affect real estate that's probably the easiest way to to ask you my specialty is actually practical blockchain, okay. right? So I keep everything at a 101 level. And that's, that's how I prefer to, to do my, you know, uh, trainings and, and informational seminars. For blockchain, the most important thing to note is blockchain is not Bitcoin. They are not the same thing. One services the other. Mm -hmm. In order for Bitcoin to work, it must use blockchain as a technology or technological foundation. Just like we use the internet as a foundation for our online banking, mm -hmm. that's what Bitcoin has to do for blockchain. So please don't think that they're the same. They're not. Blockchain is just a foundational technology. Bitcoin is a product that rides on that technology. Secondly, when it applies to real estate, which is obviously my focus, being a part of Fibre. There are probably three or four pieces of blockchain technology of the 20 to 30 of them that we can um, that we can point to that will really have an effect on real estate and probably have an effect in the near future. One of them is called tokenization. And what that really means is fractional ownership, digital ownership of a property. So if you can imagine a $100,000 house mm -hmm. cut into 100,000 pieces where each piece is now $1,000. Each one of those pieces is a digital piece of the house mm -hmm. represented by a token. That's why it's called tokenization. Mm -hmm. And each one of those tokens are available for anyone to purchase. Mm -hmm. So you can invest in a home at $1,000 and not have to pay $100,000 for that home. Hmm. It'll really be uh, helpful to anyone who doesn't have the full amount or would prefer to just invest at a smaller amount or wants that instant liquidity because those tokens can be traded instantly mm. on some backend software where I can cash out my token in a, in, a, in a blink of an eye and a push of a button 
where if I was if I were today to try to cash out my equity in a home, you can imagine it would take quite a long time to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's going to that's going to be very helpful. Tokenization, it's just fractional ownership in a digital form. Okay. The other one the other one is digital identification. So my identification and my history, my financial history all in my phone behind encrypted walls so that when I'm going through the process of purchasing a home, I don't need to go get 40,000 pieces of paper and signatures and documents. It's all in my phone. The mortgage uh, lender can access that with a push of a button. It will not share things with the documents with them. It will only share that they exist and what they mean. Hmm. So I can now keep my personal information personal and private but still give the information to the lender that they need to make a choice. So digital identification, very, very important. Cool. And then the last one is smart contracts, which is just an if this, then that digital application. Mm -hmm. So it tells things, if this occurs, then you do this. And that's all in the software. It's all hard-coded so that every time it happens, that result happens as well. So for example, it could take the place of the escrow process in a lot of ways. If the $5,000 comes in, please, then, then you take that $5,000 and you put it in this escrow account. Very simple, all coded into the, the, um, the, the details of the escrow and done in the blink of an eye, rather than somebody signing a check and either mailing it in or bringing it to someone who then deposits it. Wow. Every aspect can just be put into a, a, a smart contract. And that if this, then that can take place in the blink of an eye versus over days or months or weeks. And your escrow might be over in a day or two. Well, that was, that was, um, uh, digital teaching 101. <laughs> Cause there I, you go. 101. Perfect. Keep it simple. All right. Keep it simple. Okay, so first off, Eric, delight. You know, we talked before we got on uh, today, but delight to meet you. And uh, uh, you obviously, you know, you do well with technology because I think you've always enjoyed it, which I think is one of the keys to success anyway. And uh, I do love it. I do love it. And I came to open because I love the technology and I love the product and what it can do for the consumers and the professional. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's built for the consumer, but darn, the professionals are going to love this thing. And I'll tell you what, be the first realtor to offer open in your marketplace and watch them come to you. What I'd like to do is invite you back once we've got uh, one that's rolling here in Canada. So we can kind of catch up in the between today and uh, in June of 2022. And uh, whenever we get together again, would you like to come back and tell us more? Are you kidding me? I'm going to go tell all my friends I was on your podcast <laughs> and, the, and I was invited back. They're going to they're not going to believe me. Well, you know what? That's probably, you know, that's my ticket to living in uh, um, uh, Southern California. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Come on down. Plenty of room. All right, Eric. Pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm sure you'll do great with this and uh, we'll be in touch again. Okay. Thanks a lot, Howard. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks. We'd like to thank Eric Bryant and you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that two ways. We can be reached by email at info at rewithhd.com or on our website, rewithhd.com. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.